This week's episode is brought to you by sleep. The best thing about sleep is... This podcast is now a two out of three setting. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And today we are talking about the uh, new proposed two-deck format that could be implemented to Boucherode's official tournaments. Um, so uh, what is that exactly? So we talked about it a little last week, um, but the the way it works is you now bring two decks to a tournament, um, instead of just the one, although I was kind of doing that anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I lost with my Grand Blue. I'm going to bring the other stuff and play for fun and free fight or whatever. Um, but you bring two decks, and uh, the goal is to try and win with both decks against the opponent. <coughs> so you both players play with deck one, and then whoever wins first game then switches to second deck, and then they have to win with that deck in order to win the full match. Which... Yeah, so this was inspired by a different fight video where he talks about this two-deck two format that they're using for Buddy Fight in Japan, mm-hmm. and that we the same could easily be applied to Vanguard. Yeah. Is the idea. And you can't play the same clan twice, which is very important. So you have two different clans, uh, you play a game, the winner of the first game, so you you when you get a win, you stop playing that deck and you move to your other deck, and then so yeah, so you can't bring like you know one really good deck and one deck that's like full of you know that's like a TD right because you have to get a win with each, so mm-hmm. it's not like you could just bring garbage. But like, what does this do? Like, what is it? How what does it change? Right? There are many things to dive into. Um, <laughs> the first thing I want to say is that fucking finally, it would mean that uh, Vanguard would be a best of three format. Right, which we've all been asking for for, you know what, the dawn Literally of time. the entire lifespan of the game, probably. Yeah, the, the better part of a decade. Um, that's that's so crazy to me that Vanguard is a couple of years off of being a decade old. Right? Yeah. It's uh, 2022 we'll get there, or something like that? Either 2021 or 2022. Okay. I can't remember, but... Um, but yeah. So what what I really like about this idea is it means that like even if like so it's very common in Vanguard for like whatever gets the latest support to be like really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like a it makes like clans that usually people aren't like aren't people's first choice like definitely like more playable. Like you'll see like more matchups that you wouldn't normally see, and like team events do this to some extent. But like if with a two deck format, since you know that every <laughs> like let's say there's some deck that's busted, right? So like let's say you have deck A that's like the best deck in the format. And you know everyone's going to bring deck A, right? Like Murakumo. Then you can actually, yeah, like Murakumo. Then you can try to play a deck that fights exactly that deck, and you can get away with it because you know everyone's bringing Murakumo. Mm-hmm. Like you'll always be able to snipe like, ev- like the best deck in the format, right? Which means it lower it inherently lowers the power. Assuming there is like you know a deck that's like worse, like it lowers the power of like the best deck in the metagame. Just because people can easily snipe it with like by just choosing to play their, their the deck that the the deck that they would rather play first. And like there's a chance, like let's say let's say you do this, right? Let's say everyone's play let's say most like let's say most people are playing like this busted deck, right? And you have a deck that has like, you know, like maybe like like let's say sixty forty against it. So you're like you know, winning more than you lose, but it's not guaranteed. And if you get matched up against not this deck first, 
and you lose, and you're like, whatever, but I, I have to play this deck again, and my opponent's still, like, in a, ba- a matchup where it's unfavorable for them. Like, even though you're down a game, but, like, you know, then you would lose a best of three anyway. So, yeah. it's definitely, but, it, but, you know, like, if this deck loses, to, like, if this deck you brought the 60-40 against, like, the one deck everyone's playing would lose to, like, most other things, that's, like, a really big disaster if, um, what, what am I trying to say? That's, like, a big disaster if, like, you play that in tournament and it's just, like, in like, nobody, and, like, people just, you just miss that deck completely. Like, you have to be sure that that's what everyone's going to play in a tournament. And, like, in Vanguard, people just don't play the best deck all the time. People have, like, reasons to play other decks. Like, maybe they like them, you know, maybe they just, like, don't want to buy the expensive meta deck or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, they just don't. Like, even reasons, like, I don't like the aesthetic of Merkumo, so I'm not going to play it. Like, that's the reason, like, people don't play uh, play certain decks in this game. So, just hard to guarantee. But, like, in a two-deck format, I think you'd see a lot more people playing, like, the best deck and their favorite deck. Or like their favorite deck and something to beat the best deck. The the way different fight described it was like let's say you're playing premium you and you bring Dark Face as a way to combat uh Ezel. You mm-hmm. can have that as deck two and then you you know, start with the one you want to play and then if you lose you now have deck two to deal with Ezel and then whatever thing that comes yeah. after that. Um a lot of the other slower uh matchups in premium like you could probably just win. As Darkface? Or... It's, it's like most decks, just because, like, mine, like, Ezel just has, like, these very powerful openers, so it makes the game, like, almost seem unwinnable. Yeah. Or, like, if the matchup goes on longer, it's, like, more often that the matchup's going to be a bit closer, just because, like, there's a lot more variance up to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, I just had this ridiculous start. Like, once like once you get later in the game, the start kind of evens itself out. So, you mentioned that, uh, this will lower the power of top decks due to the ability to like counterplay <coughs> by deck. It will lower the power of a, a, a singular top deck. A singular top deck. So like people... if, if there's like, multiple top decks, obviously then people are just going to pay like a subset of those, mm-hmm. which this obviously doesn't fix. But this wouldn't fix that regard. Like it, the that's not a fixable problem regardless. And like usually if there are like three or like four or five like top decks, people are like pretty okay with meta games like that. Yeah, but. If there's a single top deck, like, you know, if you're in some, like, what people would consider a bad metagame, where there's, like, one, maybe two decks that are just very good, then that would that would lessen the impact of those, if that makes sense. Yes, but another thing that people were clamoring for, um, for a long time, aside from a two out of three format, was the ability to side deck, um, as other card games do, like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh!, and this is kind of like side decking, except instead of 15 cards, it's just the whole deck. An entire second deck. <laughs> yeah. What do you get a side deck? Everything. So what do you, th- do you think this has benefits over just a traditional side decking system, or do you find the two deck format to be a better way to, like, encourage diversity and have a more, uh, like, stratified metagame? Either of you. I think the two-deck format is inherently better than a sideboarding system for Vanguard, and the reason is mostly because there's not a good number of sideboard cards that you can really pick to make it, like, A, like, feel like it's, like, enough cards, to, per se, and B, to feel like you're not just giving them, too, like, the ability to change their entire deck. Mm. So, like, because any, like, reasonable sideboarding number would allow people to change almost their entire deck, um, because some cards are just that important, especially grade threes, uh, then you're pretty much just saying, hey, why don't you just bring a second deck? Yeah. Also, the way the format works is, like, 
if you win, then you have to switch decks, right? So I don't think the sideboard argument really works because usually people will slot in their counter cards like after they figure out the matchup, right? Mm. And then the other person so, slides in their counter counter cards, and then their counter 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 cards, and then we're kind of back yeah. So like this doesn't really work because then you. Unless you've already you know this person, then you don't really know what the second deck is. You're just mm. kind of making choices based on what you think the meta will be and what, or just what you have on hand. So right. you're not really making a specific call to counter your opponent right there and then. You're just kind of hoping that the two decks you bring are going to be good enough to get you through the tournament. I think the other the other reason I don't like sideboarding, in addition to what he just said, is that the counter cards in Vanguard just aren't even very good. Well, like because it's like what cray elementals? What like what? Do you yeah, like you're bringing in like, like and you got cray elementals and like really random, <laughs> like really random ass promos, right? Like mm-hmm. you're like either the either cards that counteract entire strategies are just already played in your deck because they're actively good, like Ange, or like fucking they like you don't even want these cards near your deck. Yeah, <laughs> like there's not really an in between. <laughs> so like I don't think the sideboard system works. Not only like. I, I like not only because like you know you have to like you're like responding to whatever your opponent's doing. I just don't even think the cards are good, and they're not even cards I want in my deck in the first place. Like you're better off just playing like a very like straight up kind of proactive strategy for the most mm-hmm. part. So bringing a second deck allows you to do that twice rather than just having like a weird sideboard plan. No, guys, I side in four poker against Link Joker because yeah. something. Uh, you, have to have a, you have to have a face of Krail Muckle too, so good luck. Uh, a gleam. <laughs> right? I don't have a good answer to that. Um, <coughs> so, hooray for two deck format. Um, now, one downside that people have cited with the whole two deck format system. Uh, and this comes straight from Solomon Vanguard himself on the Different Fight video. He says, this is great for people who own 300 decks, shoves entire case out of frame, but can be awful for budget players. So what do we think right. about this? I think that's not – in this in standard, I don't think it's really uh, an argument. Merkum was a $50 deck. Like, <laughs> Well, maybe not anymore. Is it, like, it's gone up a little bit, but it's sure. not – it's still not but these, like, like two, three hundred dollar decks. Like uh, Murkumo is absurdly like, cheap for how good it is. Yes, and like budget well, players are already playing Murkumo. I feel like on the whole, they've done a better job of just making the supply more available and standard. Mm-hmm. Like they've been more proactive about reprinting stuff, haven't they? That's true. You I do know. think in premium, this would be a giant pain in the ass. Yes, oh, premium yes. would be a massive pain. But they are also starting to reprint more premium stuff too. Mm-hmm. And they're making an entire set of new strides, so who knows? Right. And then also Revival Collection 2 for uh, mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. West, which, good on them. Um, there are some cards that just kind of slip through the cracks, and I'm always going to cite this, but Crayon Tiger has been relevant since it came out, and they've never reprinted it once, ever. They're still not going to. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Is you, did you still play it? Yeah. No, it's still a four of. It's very, right. it's like super important. Um, I would imagine so. Yeah, because the 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 whole strategy of the deck is you use him and the big belly grade three to just restand the same thing over and over again, which is why you want. This is crits. really a reminder. Zoa makes it so the thing can't be targeted by anyone's card effects, right? Yes. 
You can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah, 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 but, yeah, but you only get one turn of Zoa. You've got to do other stuff other turns. Um, oh. But I mean, <laughs> like Crayon Tiger, a double R from, you know, GBTO2, which is like what? Oh, who knows how many years ago? This is like four, five, sophomore six. year of college, maybe. So <laughs> it was GBTO two. GBTO two. So it, right now on TCG Player, it's fifteen dollars for Pretty a double good. R. It's actually not that bad for an ancient double R that's like necessary yeah. to play the clan. Yes, but it's still quite okay. high and has been relevant for that long. Where I think it, it is actually be. legitimately four years old. Four years old. <laughs> nice. Like the set this, came out February twentieth in Japan. This, this card would probably be learning how to read if it was a person. Mm-hmm. And all right, so I, maybe I have another idea for uh for two deck format. Okay. So like maybe you have like shop challenges or like shop tournaments that like feed into like like bigger like bigger tournaments. Yeah, and like the bigger tournaments could like ha- like having a two deck format like a large like let's you know, back when they used to have continentals. I don't know if they still do, but like the continental championship, like the United States when they have it in Anime Expo. Like having like a two deck format at like that event would make it like substantially more prestigious and nice compared to like a regular regional where it's just best of one. So like people who are going to this continental can have the option to have a two deck format. And since mm-hmm. it's anime expo, it's like people are going are like you know, necessarily gonna have budget or if people who are not going can like lend their decks to friends who are going. I think this is, like, pretty reasonable. That's an interesting way to go about it. If it's, I can't go, but you're going, can you, like, do you need a second deck? And your friend's like, yeah, sure, I'll take yours. Yeah, you just borrow a deck, and you're like, oh, yeah, I have more Kumo, dude. Can I borrow, like, your OTT for this event? And they're like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Or, like, can I borrow your Angel Feather for this event? Like, this is, like, completely reasonable, especially if, like, people aren't going or, like, don't have the invite or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, this is, like, a way that they can, like, integrate the two-deck format without feeling like it's, uh necessarily all or nothing like you can still have like the best of one that people you know some some people like you know it's friendly to people to newer players and then for players who are kind of you know playing a lot and you know getting good per se then you can have something that uh rewards like you know that makes it a little more challenging in the sense of like a two deck format um another not criticism but something i thought of when they uh when this idea came up was uh, that in regional events, games take long enough already. Where like rounds are what like forty five minutes to an hour. Oh, this is a problem with Vanguard players. Yeah, so up. that and now now that it's two out of three, you know, tournaments already kind of take all day already. So, like, you like actually, there needs to be a way to like better if for like so judges inherently are bad at enforcing slow play policies because in general or in vanguard in in general in every single game explain so it's not really their fault because it's so how do you how do you judge somebody playing too slowly when they you might they might have a difficult decision so like judges just don't want like it's not the judge's fault they just don't want to call people on stuff because you know like it could be like you, you you like it could you know it could be like you just can't think because like you're taking like I think you're taking too long. So like it's incredibly hard to make that call. It so, seems like, like the type of thing where you have to have been standing next to the game the whole time. Exactly. So you can't <laughs> like your opponent can be like, hey, uh, judge, my opponent is playing a little bit slowly, and like the judge can be like, all right, uh, I'm gonna like I'm gonna give you like a like a, t- a tap on the wrist, like a tap, you know, like slap a slap on the wrist, wrist, like hey, like you got to play a little faster. 
And they're like, okay. And then they like still like play like March. They play fast. So you know what happens? They play faster for a couple minutes and they start playing slowly again. And like, I just think the Vanguard player, players as a whole need to like play faster because if I can finish c- control mirrors and magic in like 40 minutes easily, then they should be able to finish a best of three in Vanguard in a similar amount of time. Vanguard is inherently a shorter game. That's true. Wasn't that kind of like what they were trying to do with it? Like the Vanguard, you can play quick. It's a yeah, faster and then people game. people just don't. Yeah, um, Vanguard players are horrendously slow. Is that does that have to do with the culture, or is it like I think because they know the game is short, they end up doing this thing where they like overthink stuff. Think, think about stuff for like way too long. Like maybe don't have the reps, or like just haven't played the deck enough, or like. Mm. Something of that nature, but it's like when I see people playing, it's like they're thinking about lines that I think they should have already thought of. One thing you can do also is you can be thinking on your opponent's turn. That's true. This is the, the probably the best way to speed up your play is while your opponent is doing things, you could be thinking about what you're doing on your next turn. This is also going to help you guard. Yeah. Like um, if if you sorry, go ahead. I. I have had that problem where, like, I start to try thinking about my turn, and then something happens to screw my plan up, and so that forces me to rethink everything, which slows the game down a bit. Right, but you still have an idea. Like, so the reason I don't think it's that bad, and what, like, if you're like, let's say something changes up, like your opponent does something, or they like double trigger something that you knew didn't want to happen, uh, you can like adjust. You can be like, well, what's my best case scenario now? Right. Yeah. And, like, you kind of know what you were going for before, and, like, you're like, well, this is still an option. And then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I still think there's, like, a lot a lot to uh, gain from thinking on your opponent's turn, even if there's some randomness that you can't predict. Like, you can be like, well, if my opponent single triggers, then, like, you know, have, you know, maybe these guards or uh, can set up for something on my next turn. Like, what, like, even if you, even if it's just general, like, what do I want to do on my next turn? That's, like, still better thinking than, like, just not thinking about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like I would like to keep these cards in my hand for my next turn if I if possible. <laughs> you know, it's like a really big deal. Yeah, I guess part of it is also just the culture. The game seems to be gearing toward more towards a casual audience in general, so mm-hmm. people oh don't really think about these kinds of things when they're playing the game. Yeah, I think people generally allow people to take as long as they want in like casual games, mm-hmm. and so like when you practice and you take forever then that, that's going to bleed into tournament play where you're also going to be taking a long time. So, like, when you practice, you can, you can you know, be like, hey, let's try to, like, make sure we can play a best of three in 50 minutes. It's, like, pretty easy to do. Like, back in Limit Break format, which was kind of slow, uh, my friends and I were finishing games in, like, f- less than five minutes, repeatedly. <laughs> How were you able to finish games in less than five minutes? Like, aside from we, deliberately we, being stupid. What? we No, we just played our turn that fast. <laughs> Because it's limit break, right? So you're not doing anything pre grade three. That's true. <laughs> certainly you just hope not. Right. Yeah. Maybe right if you G powered up my starter and deal no damage to you. Alright. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, there was a similar case with um with G era where because nothing was really happening before grade three everything was being ended on like first and second stride, and then now in Standard, you have, like, the early game matters a lot more than it used to, mm-hmm. um, especially because we're kind of going into this, like, Excel-heavy format. 
There's also just some decks that are just really hard to deal with if they get if they get like into a, a late game with like low damage. Just like Angel Feather, for example. Like how do you how, like how are you, like the more the more time they have to find all their freaking pieces, the harder that game gets to win. Yeah, well, because they can just be like Metatron. All right, I went from three to two. Have yeah, fun. and you're like, well, <laughs> okay then. So you, you're you're kind of you know you're kind of forced to be aggressive in a lot of these matchups. Um, I and like, think... sorry, go ahead. Go on. Well, I just think a lot of Excel plans just become better when your opponent's are high damage. So like, in order to like make make the most out of that, you have to get your opponent to fairly high damage. I'm fairly certain any plan does better when the opponent's at high damage. No, like. So, particularly Excel, because that's less chances that, like, so let's say, if you're taking your opponent from 3 to three to 6, it's very much more likely that they're going to see a trigger than from 4 to 6. True. Which I think is more important in Excel plans than it is elsewhere. Correct. Do you think, <laughs> given the current format, since we have, like, 3 or 4 decks that do pretty well, the meta would start to feel more oppressive because people will probably just take two of the four best decks and you're just going to keep seeing these same four decks over and over again? Yeah, in maybe two deck format. Well, that's just uh, that's very very possible. I think uh, one I think one real criticism of the two deck format is, especially right now in this meta game, there will be more Angel Feather versus Angel Feather. Oh god, uh, <laughs> that mirror yeah. just takes forever. bad for everyone. Yeah. yeah, it's just bad for everyone. So uh, I think that's probably an issue, and uh, I, I I don't know how to solve that necessarily. Yeah. It's like, let's say you get a situation where somebody's like, oh, shit, I got, like, it's something like Murkumo versus Murkumo. And I'm like, oh, shit, I want Murkumo. And then you're like, okay, Murkumo versus Angel Feather. I, I want my Murkumo. And then you have Angel Feather versus Angel Feather. And everyone's like, hmm. Like, the way, I think the draw rules in Vanguard also need to be fixed. Oh, like, uh, once you get past time. Yeah. Yeah. And those are also atrocious, but that is possibly a different issue. I forgot what it was. It was the, after... The you know the turns zero one two three, after that's done, it's whenever the damage changes, right? Is that the? That was uh, just whoever had more damage loses. Yeah. Oh no, I meant like if you're tied, if you're tied at damage, like you're both at four. Oh yeah, you play like a sudden death, basically. Yeah. So whoever mm-hmm. either heals or takes damage first loses. And it was definitely even uh, even worse before when it was just a double loss, right? I think so. Yeah, um, it was just like, oh my god! Well, that, was, like, supp- these, that was these rules to just, be the punishment. Yeah, like I think draws are fine. I don't know why they don't want them to exist in Vanguard, but you know, whatever. It might be harder to uh, deal with when it comes to making tournament brackets, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're when they have tournaments that have so many people that you're just cutting to top eight, right? So I think that is a legitimate. I th- but I do think the uh, more prevalence of Angel Feather versus Angel Feather and the like kind of matchups uh, will make two deck format a problem. So I think that is a pretty valid critique. And that in the uh, the price point, I'm kind of not worried about just because like uh, so it's like talking about price is so nebulous because like it's like you know when people use the word affordable, it's like what does that word even mean? Like affordable to who? It's like not like so. It's like hard to say like if that it really gets the point across that we want. Mm. For sure. So I don't really I don't really like talking about price in that respect. And you know I've said this a bunch that it's really it's, I don't really enjoy bringing up price as like a defense or praise for anything. It's just hard. It's just hard to get a grasp on that and like what it means for people. 
I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to use it as a way to, uh, you know, praise or discount the concept of the two deck format, but I do think it, it was something we needed to touch on. Yeah, no, I do. I do yeah. think Solemn has like. I, I do think that's like something to be to be to, con- to be concerned about. I just think that it's hard to call it necessarily something a pro or con of the two deck format, and more about is this format something that people are going to want to do because of the price tag. But like, I think if people are already doing it, I think like that's kind of what we're, we want to discuss here. Like, if let's say it happened, would we would we enjoy it? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. I mean, I personally would enjoy it, but. Compared to someone in, you know, my friend group who isn't as into Vanguard and they just have their one deck, and Mm -hmm. that means that they can't compete and maybe they don't care enough to get a second deck. How many decks do you own, though? Me? For for standard. Okay. Standard or premium? Standard. Okay. How many decks do you own? Five and a half. So this is a solvable problem. What give me- <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying right. in like like proverbially like maybe they right, right. their other friends aren't really into it or maybe like I'm you just have a group of casual players with only one deck then, yeah go. they're not going to yeah. interested but they're not going to be interested in the two deck format right the two deck yeah. format is going to interest the people who are willing to, who who are excited to play a more competitive aspect of Vanguard yeah but mm-hmm. it also means that so I don't think. It means people will buy more shit, because now you need two decks worth of shit, which I like. What if they were to introduce two different tournament brackets, one for single deck and one for two deck, at just, like, major regionals and stuff like that? Okay, so I think... So that's kind of what I was bringing up before, where you have, like, some invite or some invite or more restricted entry tournaments. Like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to say, like, invite-only, but, like, you know, more, like more restrictive tournaments, like, <laughs> like rarer continental kind of things where you have a best of three or the two deck format rather. And then like the regionals were still best of one is kind of what I was saying before. Cause like if you did both of them, then you'd force people to choose, which is not great, but you could still have like at the one with the two deck format, fill up side events that are best of one and you know, people get the same enjoyment mm-hmm. except like they're more likely to win because like there's less people. So like, I still think like you can just do that. You can do both. I don't think it's like an either or kind of thing. All right. Another so thing, Atlas. Oh, go on. I was going to say another thing to consider is the, you know, their other tournament format is in Springfest where it's teams and it, you know teams of three. It's all best of one, but in a way that's like playing best of three just simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, at yeah, the, the team formats like are okay. Yeah, but I'm on the fence. I think the problem with team format is that not everyone can play the deck that they want to play. That... Really? Just because, like, if, ever, if like, two of your friends play Kagro, which is, like, very common. <laughs> Kagro is a very popular clan. People just want to play this clan for whatever reason. Or, like, Shadow Paladin, right? Everyone in the mother wants to play Shadow Paladin. Shadow Paladin's the deck's, like, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Even in standard. It's just, like, still pretty good even after uh, Vilest Leader. And then, like, it's not busted. It's just fine. And But, like, you know, it's, it's a very popular clan. People really like the character that plays it. People really like the cards. And, like, in team formats, like, not everyone can play Shadow Paladin. In two-deck format, everyone who wants to play Shadow Paladin can play Shadow Paladin and something else. Mm-hmm. So, there. I think that is, you know, a, a, a strict upside over over Jeez. the uh, team format. But uh, team format's, like, fine also. It's just, like, sometimes it's hard to get, hard to get a team together as well. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. that, and then, like, the yes, you're doing the best of three simultaneously, but not 
like your teammates may not be as competent or awake or you know as you so the, the there's like a sense of liability there whereas two deck format you can kind of be yeah. as you know it's self-reliant mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's really hard for me to say like i think uh one difference of teams as well is people are like people are mostly playing like whatever like fits on the team or whatever like they want to play but like with two deck format you now have like this game right where you're like picking a deck that's like you think beats what other people are going to bring, which you don't have in teams because you're just kind of like hoping you get the right seat, uh, seat matchups. So like you have, you actually have like a little extra metagaming in the two deck format that you don't have in team format. I mean, you still register the deck as deck one and deck two regardless. So it's not like you sit down, look at the opponent, see that he has like a Ren deck box. No, that's and you're that's, like, oh, he's no, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like, if you think everyone's going to bring Murakumo, you can play it. You, you know, you can play a deck that, you know, tries, tries to get that. Yeah, that's true. It's all okay. Which, um, which you don't have in in, in uh, fucking team format, because, like, what are you going to do? Bring three decks that, be, that try to beat Murakumo, which is, yeah, I don't even know if they mm-hmm. exist. <laughs> uh, Angel Feather, I don't really know. Is it? Else. Does it? <laughs> I mean, it, it has a better matchup than most, because you can just ride Zeraciel after getting ride locked. And that's kind of it. But, like, I'm just saying, like, it's rough. It's rough. It is rough. Like, I just think, like, with the two-deck format, you know, there's a little extra metagaming there. Yeah, and then also, yeah. two-deck format, your uh, your team won't get ruined by someone getting appendicitis and having to take them <laughs> to the hospital before the regional. Yeah, maybe. That, that was pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Such is life. I mean, at least, whole weekend. at least you're alive and, you know, here. What do you mean at least? I, I made the mistake of being alive. I mean... <laughs> Did you hear that news story about the guy who sued his parents because he didn't ask to be born? Man, that's me. No, this this was like a literal, like he sued his parents because like he didn't ask my consent before conceiving me. All right, but they knew about the endless tragedies of life and they still had the audacity to get a birth to him. I noticed that? that a lot of parents don't really think about that. They're like, well, it's it's it, you know it's it's our parents' generation's fault that we're in the situation to begin with. Oh yeah, sure. So, so obviously, don't notice. That was a weird take. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, back to two deck format, I guess. Um, now, so what decks would you bring now? Uh, as of okay, so let's say they implement it for this year's uh, or like this coming fall set of stuff. Um, knowing what I have now, Great Nature would definitely be one of them for standard, and I guess the other one would be Angel Feather. Um, Interesting. Because that's what I have. Like, I just got Narukami stuff yesterday, and I'm still working on it, so I don't really have, uh, like, a good grasp on everything yet, but maybe that might be what I bring. And premium, it would be Great Nature and Grand Blue. Easy. Interesting. How about you? What would you bring? <sighs> so I'd definitely bring Murakumo. <coughs> Easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not actually sure of the second one. Kind of like because you don't have a second with, one, you would build something, right? Yeah, so I, so so like I would have to just build something, right? And so then my choices are like, do I want to do I want to build a seed? Do I want to build shadow Paladin? Do I want to build angel feather? Probably somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. But angel like feather is rather running. affordable. Yeah, I know. I just don't want to buy it. Yeah, because no, like it. I don't actually want to play the deck. I would just buy it if I needed it for an event. <laughs> <laughs> Or, like, borrow it from somebody. 
Yeah, like you're not playing, right? All right, Bart, look, give me. I'll learn, I'll learn this deck in five minutes, and we'll, we'll go. <laughs> Someone creates an app for like Airbnb, but for Vanguard decks, <laughs> right? Yeah. <coughs> but, what uh, would you play, Rupert? Uh I'd probably bring OTT, and I don't know. I'm not even sure what I'd bring for a second deck. Like Royal Paladin has been doing good. Just put Rekomo, easy. Like, either, like, OTT and Murakumo, or, like, maybe OTT and Royals, just because they're doing decently, and they're brain-dead easy to play. Also true. I think that's something that a lot of uh, clans do well at larger tournaments, is that as the day goes on, you inevitably get more tired and more burnt out. Mm -hmm. So stuff you can kind of go on autopilot for would be more beneficial. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's why the more comp like the more like deck your deck being more complicated doesn't mean it's inherently better. Yeah, like it means like you're gonna have it, 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 you're gonna suffer more mental fatigue, and you, you know your your, your play is gonna worsen because of it. Like, the, so you have to be really practiced to like not have to go through that mental fatigue. Yeah, uh, Mega Colony guy from Worlds like has my respect for that very reason. Where he had so many moving parts he had to deal with that uh, mm-hmm. he made it all the way through and just, all right, Gridora and, uh, <laughs> and Darkface. <coughs> yeah, I uh, think I think I would go Murakumo, something of that nature. Murakumo, Angel Feather, somewhere in there. So I think it's hard for me to justify taking anything except Angel Feather. Beck's kind of dumb. Makes sense. You know what's weird is that, like, sometimes I'll go back and listen to old episodes of ours for either, like, information or just to see oh how much is changed. Oh, my God, our episodes do not age well. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are like... Vanguard changes so fast. It's so I hard know. to say, like... Yeah. That's the problem with a, a lot of the, uh, like... A lot of podcasts that have to keep up with the times is that things just don't age well sometimes. Yeah, like I think that's true of most card game podcasts. Like, and like you know, so, like we're not we're humans, right? So obviously we make mistakes. Like we're gonna misevaluate things. It's just gonna happen. Yeah, it's fine. I know we've been wrong about so much stuff. Uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'm confident we're not wrong about is Shuriyuki, so it's fine. <laughs> every <laughs> episode, he does it every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I, I have to bring it up. I, have, I hadn't even brought it up yet. Oh, no, of course. He he, he did it fine. Um, <laughs> oh, I oh now I remember what it was I wanted to ask about. So when we were talking about, um, like, judges not being able to determine slow play, uh-huh. uh, do you think that they should change the way they, um, they test judges? All right, so here's the problem, right? How do you create a like create a policy to punish slow play? Uh, well, let's see. There's game loss. There's okay, but like, I don't know. when do you start? When do you start enforcing it? When? Yeah. Like, how how do you how do you make a metric for when you start enforcing it? That's how the do problem. you know that you're opo- that the guy accusing them of slow play isn't just being an asshole? Unless you're standing over them, watching the fight for five minutes, right. seeing the guy hem and haw at their hand and do nothing. Right. 
hire a judge for every table. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, like, so like, and, and so I think it's, since it's, since we know as a community, it is difficult for judging staff to accurately and and effectively punish, like, enforce, like, call upon, like, call on and enforce actions against slow play. Then we as a community uh, should be more respectful in the sense that we should be no catching slow play on ourselves. This is the least we can do. Is there a way to be like, Hey man, can you speed it up without like coming yeah. off jerkish or? Yeah. There's no, uh, like there's, you shouldn't feel like a jerk for being like, Hey man, uh, do, do you mind? Like, do you, like, you know, you can say like, do you mind picking, you know, do you mind playing a little bit faster? Like it shouldn't feel bad even saying that. And like, if your opponent gets all upset about it, like they're going to get upset no matter what you said. Like some people are just going to get upset, like whatever. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, and like th- th- if if they're getting upset, then they probably like are actively trying to slow play you. Makes mm-hmm. sense. There's uh, probably another way to prevent this kind of folly for judges is not let just anybody take the judge test. Yeah, like Alice. Yeah, because I told mm-hmm. so uh, a couple months ago, Bougerod sent out a uh, like. Hey, you want to become a, a judge for Vanguard or Buddy Fight or Weiss Schwartz? Take this test. And I did, and it was literally the most convoluted nothing test I've ever taken in my life, and I'm pretty sure I failed it. Because <laughs> at the end they go, all right, we'll send you an email if if you pass, and it's been over a month. So, um, yeah, mo- most of the things that bothered me are are the the questions that were – Obviously written by Google Translate. Um, somebody in Singapore was like, all right, we got to d- standardize this judge test. So they just stuck it in Google Translate. It's like, all right, you see somebody who is slow playing, yes or no. You're like, what? What, what <laughs> does that mean? I mean, I'm kind of caricaturizing it, but it it was more or less the like I was taking it in a Starbucks while I was waiting for my car to get serviced. So I'm sitting there in a Starbucks, and there was a couple of times where I out loud went, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, also, this is becoming fairly standard for uh, for judging tests as well. Uh, background checks are very common. Uh, in addition, I mean that's completely for, understandable for yeah, for judge tests, and I think that's fine. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, Mister Weirdo, sexual predator, being a judge for your game. Yeah. Or, or just be like, "Hey, man, you, 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 uh, you were a referee at the Saints uh, Rams game. We can't have you being a judge here because you're just not going to catch anything." Whoa. Okay, so <laughs> Nexus First at night, all, the football I reference. Even, I didn't podcast. even watch the Super Bowl, but I heard it was the most boring shit in the world. It was, and that wasn't like the those weren't even the Saints the teams Rams game was the, 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 the I know it was the NFC Champion game, but I'm, I'm saying like. Yeah, no, no, people complain about, okay, so people complain about rest in every single sporting event. Oh, of course. But you know what the rest are there to do? Make sure that the next game sells tickets, so it's okay. Yeah. I mean, nobody likes the ref or the tax man or, you know, whoever is like... No, I just, I, just, I just wish the tax man was actually taxing the correct people, like, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Amazon. All of Amazon. I mean, if you drive a car, I'll tax the street. If you try to sit, I'll tax your seat. If you get too cold, I'll tax the heat. And if you take a walk, I'll tax your feet. All right. Because I'm the tax man. All right. All right. We get it. Okay. okay. 
whatever. <laughs> it's a good song. You're a good song. Thank you. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Happy Valentine's Day, Alice. Happy Valentine's Day, even though this is a week later. <laughs> God, fine. Got him. Okay, so, uh, in conclusion, I think that uh, the two-deck format is a good idea as a way to implement best two of three. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some flaws with it, but what doesn't? You know, what do you guys think? I think, yeah, I agree that there are some flaws, but I think that uh, just giving people an option, like, of a, uh, uh, you know, kind of a change-up to the normal format is, like, would be really welcome. Especially for uh, something like Standard. And you, Rootbeer? Yeah, same. Like, this seems like a good idea overall. People have been wanting best two of three for quite a while now. I think it'll give people more options to play a variety of decks. And then, but I think, for the most part, if you're the kind of casual player who wouldn't want to deal with a tournament that long, you probably wouldn't be going to it anyways. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I think if they do this, though, they need to, like have food available or yeah. like someplace to well, just buy food. Holy shit. The real problem is that the Pomona uh, place that they always fucking have it at has, is like in this own other separate yard. Like a lot of other convention centers and cities are just next to food, like just randomly because they're in the middle of the fucking city. So you just like literally leave and get food and come back. Yeah. But none of the Vanguard, none of the Van- like the Vanguard event of Pomona just aren't near these things. They're just like gated into this thing where you can only buy expensive hot dogs. Yeah, or it's like deep in it's, the building. It's awful. Yeah, or corn dogs, whatever the heck they are. Yeah, you know the place I'm talking about. They really ought to like. I don't know. Half of me wants to just get a Postmates account and be like, all right. <laughs> you just sell peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> Ironically, I think they would benefit by having a little more time between rounds so that you have time to go get food. Yeah, because you want to get the event finished. People who people, okay, so if you play Angel Feather, just know that there's a chance you won't get to eat between rounds. It's like <laughs> this is the punishment in itself. The punishment of playing Protect Clans in general. Yeah, you just might not get food between rounds, and that's fine. That's just how magic events work. You just don't like there. Are, there's no breaks. You just get food when you can. You ever uh, you ever lose a round on purpose because you're that hungry? You're like, you no. know, I could guard this for two to pass, but. Once. Really? I've oh. done that only once, but it was so worth it. That's because you are a little bitch. I mean, <laughs> I get hangry pretty easily. Yeah, fair. But uh, no, I've, ne- I've never given up around to uh, just eat. Well, fine. Although, I have given up, uh, I have dropped from like non-huge events to go do fun things. Yeah, but Sounds good. Like what? Like what? You know, like you're like, hey, want to hey, want to go to this party? Yeah, sure. Let me drop. Like if the event's not like terribly important, you just just leave. Makes sense. Because you're like, well, this sounds more fun than this. You know, you're like really just weighing your options. <laughs> Especially if you're like on the bubble, like you have like went out or like two round, like two rounds or something. You're like, yeah, whatever. Or or they cut to top eight and you're like ninth. You're like son of a. Yeah, you're like, or or you're like, you know, you're you're like, you're like not making top eight, but you could like prize for like, you know, like fifteen bucks or some shit. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> it just you know, <coughs> drop your next round, easy. Yep. 
All right. So that was uh, Nexus at Night. Guys, where can they find you on social media? Find me at Wiggum 2 gcz's on the Twitter. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. And Rupier does fun drawings of stuff and ends up posting it to our Twitter, uh, which is uh, at Nexus at Night. You can also find that same uh, handle on Instagram. Mostly it's just stuff like, I'm going to open packs, and then the thumbnails of the podcast episodes that our editor Richard will uh, put up on the YouTube channel. So not much there, but it's something to look at. And then you can find me at Atlas Novak on the Twitter or Instagrams. So, yay. All right. Until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Ruth Beer. And have a good night, everybody.